This is Simon Transparently Awakening the heart of humanity As we see beyond the lies And open our eyes to realize This is our time to rise Welcome everybody to Simon Transparently Another podcast for your ears Or if you're watching this on video We hope you enjoy today's conversation And if you haven't already I really have to invite you to go back to the previous conversation that I recorded with this magnificent being that you're about to meet today, Dar Pan. If you did listen to the first conversation, then to all my listeners, I would just invite you to go back and listen again. I know you might go, wow, Simon's super enthusiastic, but I listened again the other day and the transmission was palpable. I mean, if you've really been confused, worried, you know, lost in the unknown over these last this last year of 2020 coming into 2021, then <clears throat> really I cannot tell you out of everything I've been listening to, what Darpan brought through in that first uh, conversation is just medicine. So with that in mind, no expectations, but I welcome today this beautiful being Darpan. Hey Darpan, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for that lovely introduction, Simon. So lovely to be here with you again and with everyone else who's watching this. Yeah, wonderful. So, wow, Dapa, what a what a what a year! I mean, I'm pretty certain everybody has uh, been going through their own dance, their own you know uh, challenges, and you know you mentioned in even the first uh, conversation, and I may reference that at certain points today, but you know that we're we're going through that transition and this is a time for us all to look within, to mature up, to take responsibility. And we went on such a dance in that, that first uh, conversation and we, and it, you know, it led us into the playfulness, but I'd love to hear where you're at today and, and also how maybe a little just reflection of, of the dance that, that's come into your way in the last few months. And then we're, and then we'll see where it goes. I have a few points that I really want to touch on today that doesn't, necessarily keep us where we were but to maybe elaborate on some of the points you spoke about in the first conversation I've got a few little notes (laughs) so but yeah just a little check-in how's it how's it been unfolding for you uh, right now wow it's uh it's a roller coaster ride isn't it I mean it's an internal roller coaster ride um for many people it's external too but where I live here in Byron Bay it's pretty calm pretty quiet I'm not directly affected like so many people are that I read about and all my friends and fellow travelers around the world are currently experiencing. And in parts of Australia as well, it's got quite, been quite extreme, the lockdowns and the, you know, the, the regulations and the reordering of people's lives. Uh, but having said that, what's been interesting for me is just navigating the whole kind of script of what's been happening I mean, you know, this, this, what we're seeing today around so many issues, whether it's the virus or the lockdown or the medical uh, approach to the, the lockdown or the vaccines and a host of other number of things like, you know, if we can get into the World Economic Forum talking about the Great Reset, uh, the apparent implosion of the global economy that we're experiencing as we, as we watch. All of this is stimulating so much, and that's without looking at the world stage with Iran and China and the relationship with the US and China, and that's a whole other ballgame as well. There are so many variables that are right on the trigger point 
of exploding in any direction that it's a really, really interesting time because as we've been, you know, uh, going down this tunnel, uh, the narratives on YouTube, on all the social media platforms, uh, the people who are, you know, espousing, you know, the, the ones who are saying that there's a there's a whole conspiracy or there's a kind of a, an agenda going on, and then there's the people who, who completely disavow that, who are still deeply into the race hypnosis, and watching the kind of debate that's going on with people and uh, and and seeing the polarisation that's happening with a lot of people, even within people's families, uh, and and you know social groups. There's this polarization of do you agree or not, and what's happening. I don't, you know, ever comment on it because for me it's it's very much a play of uh, identity. Like because mm -hmm. everything is being shaken up in our world, everything. Uh, people don't know quite who they are anymore. And so they start to have this kind of their first impulse when they're hit by fear is to, is to identify with their beliefs. And so you're either a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer or you're a, you know, a pro, uh, you know, the whole uh, governmental lockdowns or you're not. And, and there's this, this on-off switch. And so what I'm noticing is that at this stage of the journey, it's it's disorientation, it's alienation, it's a polarization, it's separation, it's divide and rule. It's like don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing and keep everybody busy with a story that they're busy arguing about so that really what's going on on much on a meta level is not being noticed by anybody because they're so taken in by the shadow play of the circus that's that's playing out in front of our very eyes. And, you know, the whole Trump thing, that was a perfect example in case. And, uh, and you know, like, to me, when I listen to all of that stuff, and I've been checking in quite a bit down the rabbit holes, and, uh, and people send me stuff, you know, confidants who, who I trust, and I go in there, but I've, I've developed this attitude of I don't believe or disbelieve anything I read at this time. I don't, if something happens to agree with my, my opinion, I don't necessarily believe it either. I think we're in a stage of, of chapel perilous on this journey in this mystery school that we're collectively traversing. We're deep in the cave at this stage and we don't know what's, what's true and what's not true. And what we're trying to do is to, as things are shaken up and our sense of identity gets shaken and it's dissolving, people are clinging to anything to try and define or, or, or accentuate who they think they are. And beliefs is the very first arena within which people do this. So that people identify with beliefs, all rational, real rational argument goes out the window because uh, people identify with their beliefs so that if you happen to disagree, they take that as a personal attack upon them and get very angry if you speak your truth. And this is a really interesting phenomenon because, you know, we were living in a land ostensibly, you know, especially in America, the land of the brave and the free, freedom of choice, where people are allowed to have their, their points of view and allowed to express them publicly. And if you disagree, that's fine. But in a democratic society, that's allowed. Well, even people, liberal people, people who I know who are really intelligent are really falling down with this one, where people are so uncertain and in that fear uh, in the grip of fear and and kind of a dread and uncertainty about the future, not knowing what's going to happen. And even they're trying to keep a lid on it in a kind of an obvious, rational way. Mm -hmm. They start to behave in a very irrational way 
by, you know, really attacking people who happen to disagree with them. Or, you know, the whole mask issue is a great case in point where people start to get very self-righteous and very defensive and very aggressive, actually, about, you know, if you don't want to wear a mask, then you're a threat to society, you know. And if you really look at the, at the, 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 the kind of scientific research upon that, that's absolutely not the case. And that's another thing, uh, you know, God has died, God doesn't exist, but the new God is science. Science says, this is what the science says, and it's almost like God says, this is what God says, and, and you hear it from the, you know, the health ministers in every country, science, we're following the science. And it's a way of, you know, God doesn't wash with the people anymore, but now science does. So science right. is the new God, and they use science in the same way that they used to use the word God. And this is an interesting phenomenon too because it's another example of people grasping for straws, trying to find some sort of solid ground, some sort of stability within all of this uncertainty. And in their attempt to do so, it, 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 they regress into kind of a me and them, I, me, mine, service to self, look after number one kind of mentality. And that becomes expanded to anybody who's a little bit different from the herd consensus, gets vilified, gets ostracized, gets, uh, you know, um, uh, completely debunked, and, uh, and they get censored everywhere they try and speak. And this, I'm referring to, you know, obviously very, very erudite people like doctors and PhDs and, and Nobel laureates who've been speaking clearly about this whole phenomenon, but have been censored on every platform because uh, the power of the technocracy is absolute at the moment in terms of controlling the narrative. Uh, you know, things, places like Parler are being taken down, uh, anything that's alternative to the mainstream uh, social platforms are being, uh, you know, uh, sabotaged. So this is an indication to me that we are deep in it right now. We're deep in the, in the, in the, in the womb, in the, you know, this is the part of the initiation where we absolutely have no idea what's going on and we're, um, we're about to stand, we're standing at the abyss and about to jump off and, uh, or be pushed, you know, and uh, so it's a very, very interesting time. You know, for me, it's not, I don't have any kind of agendas or beliefs. I can see clearly what's happening, but I can't judge it because one can't be fully aware of the divine plan. And I believe, I trust in the divine plan. What I mean by that is, is the, uh, is, is the, 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 the cycle, the cosmic cycle that we're coming towards where this, there is before every death, before every birth, there is a death and that we're going deeply into that place right now. And that, you know, it's very easy to freak out. And that's certainly the purpose of it in one way, but we've got to let go of that identity that wants to cling and hang on to who we thought we were and absolutely have the trust in whatever way we can find to do that, to take that step into, into uh, absolutely stepping into the unknown and stepping into trust and stepping into surrender. Because, and I know that's going to be difficult for, you know, majority of the planet. It's, it's certainly not on the cards for most people. And so I think that this whole uh, virus thing is, is a big play for people to work out their karma whatever your karma is, if there's still unresolved issues around power, around love, around, you know, security, now is the time when they're, when they're going to come up. Because at, by the, a bit further down the track in this, in this journey, this collective mystery school that we're in, 
those kind of energies are, are no longer cannot become with you. They need to be dropped right now, and they can either be dropped willingly and and you know gracefully, in which case all your stuff will come up very quickly, but you move through it very quickly, or you go kicking and screaming and clinging to the wall like a limpet, and you know uh, and and having a very very intense and terrifying time of it uh, but that's not without judging that that's is what's necessary for some people uh, i'm not mm. saying that to be callous i'm just saying that sometimes a feather can wake somebody up and sometimes you need a zen stick and i think we're heading for some very big zen sticks i think it's funny because some people around me were going oh thank god 2020 is over mm. and i said well hang on to your hat, you know, let's see what 2021 brings because I feel there are many more curved balls coming down the tunnel that will make the COVID story look like, you know, a little blip as Carl exactly. um, Schwab puts it. Yeah. Y- yeah. Oh, Schwab. Don't get me going. Yeah, Schwab. Schwab. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what he said because he was, he was warning us or maybe telling us that the next pandemic – will not be a, a virus, it'll be a, a cyber attack. Have you seen that talk that he's given on the World Economic yes. Forum around yes, that? Yes. Where he's virtually promising that there's a cyber attack coming where the whole grid will go down for a period of time, the banks may collapse, the, you know, the currencies will collapse. And he said that the economic fallout from an event like that will make COVID look like a little blip. Right, you know, exactly. Honestly, that would be the, the, the dissolution of the world economy. And that would throw the world into a chaos, particularly if there was a power outage for the planet. I mean, uh, you know, uh, no internet, no connection, no communication. People would really freak. So I'm not saying that's what's happening, but he certainly posited that as a possibility. And they all met in Davos last month on a virtual meeting uh, and uh, all all financial institutions around the planet, all of the, you know, luminaries, the corporations, you know the, the Prince Charles's and uh, and all the leaders uh, around the world are to uh, probably be briefed on what's coming next. I would right. dare say, and uh, and you know pretty much about what he, he's talking about. Have you read the Fourth Industrial Revolution, or you know? No, I never. His... I actually, I've only heard about this uh, this chap in the obviously the last six or so months. So you know, I know that there's uh, there's been a whole um, let's say an orchestration that's been going on for well probably over I, I've read it as over 15 20 30 years you know that this what we're going through at the moment in terms of maybe where they've also been wanting to shape uh, society is now coming to a head as well and um, so it's so many like you said there's so many mixed um, elements mixed in narratives the yeah there's so many yeah. mixed narratives that what I've done actually since also speaking to you in the last year I've just been going, well, 10 years ago, I started to watch a whole heap of different documentaries and looking at the way society functioned, looking at the way the monetary system functioned, looking at the way the police system mm-hmm. functioned, understanding that these are corporations, these are, you know, we're, we've, you know, clearly been locked in and agreed into certain uh, states of um, <clears throat> acquiescence that, if you'd have given me a choice when I was younger, I would have probably said no to. And then, so when you start to look at like the birth certificate, you start to look at all these, I call them now actually imprisonment documents, these doc, you know, these indoctrinations. Then the straw what, man. Yeah, the straw man. So what I'm seeing is right now is exactly what you speak about is, well, 
if we're in that unknown, which has always been unknown, and there's a divine play playing out, for me, it's like if we stay, and you say it so beautiful, and I'm going to definitely reference some things today so we can d dive in deeper for solutions, because people on the call, they can go on YouTube, they can hear all the dystopia glam. You can look at movies over the last sort of 20, 30 years and see dystopia everywhere. And But the point is, is that if we tap into our sovereignty and we take full responsibility and prepare ourselves, as you so rightfully say, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically, then if we're going to prepare ourselves from that place, what are we willing to actually change and what are we willing to step into as ambassadors of some very different narratives that maybe are not being so spoken about in the mainstream and, and, and definitely not spoken about in these move, um, uh, groups of beings that you just described. I don't think that Prince Charles is stepping up going, well, you know, um, I'm definitely feeling that uh, I'm connected to you know, my four beings and my chakras are aligned. And right now I can see how we can really come together and, and support the whole of humanity because, you know, the collective whole is what I'm interested in and where we're evolving so we can be more, um, I'm going to reference you, but we can be more coexistent and in a co-creative environment as opposed to domination and exploitation. I mean, if Schwab and everybody in that are sitting down speaking about that for the collective, then I'm all open to the collective consciousness evolving at rapid rates. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm. I'd love you to, I'd love us. I, to I'm right with you. Yeah, totally. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about actually you know, this radical transformation. And you say it so beautifully. And for everybody listening, if you haven't listened to Darpan's recent transmission, as I call them, called A New Vision, um, I can only say that that's been, again, my medicine in these last several months. I listen to it regularly. And if we're talking about radical transformation, what does that really look like? And maybe you want to just, is that, does that feel like we can kick off there a little yes, bit, Darpan? Yes, no, lovely. What does let's, that look let's, like? Let's, let's, let's go with that. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, as you say, I, I, just to reiterate what you were saying, I, I, if if the Schwab and the gang, the World Economic Forum and 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 their cohorts, were actually planning like uh, a global government for the benefit of all beings and and in service to the one and all, I'd be right there, right in it. You know, he's yeah. saying one of his memes is like, you know, you'll own nothing but you'll be happy. Well, that's great. I don't think there's the whole notion of ownership could be thrown out the window. I agree with that. But these people have are privy to technology that is like 30 to 40 years in advance of what we know right now. Exactly. It's all there in the background, super secret, and they're ready to launch it with this whole new fourth industrial revolution that he talks about, the whole 5G slash AI smart matrix and all and uh, all the attendant, you know, internet of things and all the rest of it. However, um, these people, if, if it was that altruistic, I'd be right with it because I don't think there's anything wrong with AI and the technology. I think technology is an evolutionary driver. It's actually yes. it's stretching us beyond ourselves, yes. and I'm all for it. But um, I'm not all for a, just a cohort of a bunch of billionaires who decide that they're the ones that are most uh, worthy to uh, steer or commandeer the fate of all of humanity. This I totally rebel against. This is completely off. If this um, wonderful technology, which is, you know, they've had free free tech, free uh, energy for ages, but they've just been squeezing the petrochemical dollar to make the last possible dollars out of it before they introduce it. And this is in itself indicative of the service to self-consciousness that they espouse, that they embody. 
And this is the old paradigm. This is what's dying. And so these exactly. people are aware that there's something moving, something moving. It's imperceptible right now, but they know right. it's there and they know it's coming. And so they're working really hard, really fast. And you have to admire how efficient they are in laying down their agenda. It's incredible. Uh, they're very efficient. They've been planning it for a long time. But I still don't think that, you know, consciousness is the wild card, the radical transformation of consciousness. And this is something that cannot be controlled, no matter how many billions you've got, no matter how many armies you own, no matter... I think it was George Bernard Shaw who once said, you know, no army in the world can stop an idea that comes into its own time. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the uh, liberation of consciousness is an idea that is coming into its own time for a, or a growing percentage of humans on this planet. Now, I know the majority is still far as to sleep, but you only need critical mass. You only need 10 to 12% of people to be awake for the mm. entire humanity to just get it on the natch really quickly. So this is what we're all working towards. And so this is the, the, where I see the real radical transformation is. And at the moment, we're being hypnotized, literally brought into a trance to focus through the media and through social platforming and, and all the censorship and everything else that's going on, controlling the narrative, as you rightly say. Um, this, is, uh, this is how they're holding the spell. This is how they're inducing the trance. And, uh, and while people are focused on that, they can't see the bigger picture. Like, and even if you suggest the bigger picture, people will rebel against it. They go, no, no, it's bullshit. No. It's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, uh, the real key, I think, for people who are in the awakening stage, in the awakening process, who are starting to, even those who are just starting to sense that something's not quite right, doesn't feel right, but they don't really know where to go or what to put their energy in. So they're going along, they're acquiescing, but they're not really there. They're doing it because they don't want to be picked out or, you know, um, identified or being seen as being against the herd uh, reality. Right. So, but there are a lot of those people, a lot. I speak to them a lot. And without trying to convince them, I just notice that, ah, they're feeling it. And the next step is to, is to really ask the questions that you and I have already, you know, had the courage to ask and many, many millions of people who, like us and to come to certain conclusions. And then you go, well, what is the, what is the uh, antidote? How do we get out of this dystopian knot that we're being kind of tiptoed into? And, um, and, you know, what can I do? Little me, who am I? You know, how can I have an effect against this massive agenda? Um, and this is part of the hypnosis that we are made to feel small, that we feel disempowered, that we feel like we actually can't make a difference. This is what the whole intent is intended by the narrative and by the whole uh, drama that's being played out. But the truth is, it's just like in The Wizard of Oz. Do you remember when they were going along the yellow brick road and they finally get to the Oz and, they, and there's this big booming voice saying, whoa, and they're all like cowering, going, holy shit. And then one of them has the courage, I think it's the lion or maybe it's Dorothy, opens the curtain behind and they see this grizzly old man with a long beard, really weak and frail with a big megaphone. And the whole <laughs> yeah. spell, the illusion has come undone. And this is what we do. People are, are with the whole humanity is under a spell. And as I say, even intelligent people who I know to be intelligent are under this spell. And so what it has to be happening, happening is a dispelling process like a, and that can only happen inside. This is not a revolution like in the past. It's not going to be fought by guns and war and, you know, like uh, you know, weapons and uh, strategies and, and armies. 
the war is already happening. People say, when's the Third World War happening? It's, it's happening right now. Happening, we are yeah. in it. Lockdown yeah. is actually a wartime situation. That's why people is. were in the Second World War and yes. not even as extreme as it has been here. So this we are in the war. This is house arrest, on... right? This is house arrest that's right, right now. Absolutely. That's it. In plain words, call a spade a spade. It's house arrest. And, uh, and you know, people, it, this war is, is a war on consciousness. It's not a war for land. It's not a war for territory. It's a war on consciousness, on the, on the, uh, on the monopoly of human consciousness. Yeah, let's let that sink for a minute because I think this is, this is so beautiful that you bring this up. Because we hear this, and because this seems like Darpan, such a far out woohoo thing, it's hard to really grasp. But the way you described the beginning about this, you know, fear of losing our identification to the dense frequencies of matter, mm. of identity, of persona, of me, 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 me. Like when we see that that is a frequency, we see it as a as a state of consciousness, right? That we've all been functioning in, and we move out of this matter perspective of thinking that a, a chair is a chair a door is a door i love what you just said there this is a war on the consciousness of of the 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 multi-dimensional space that we can move into right that's what i just want us to just absorb that because if people are listening can really let that sink in that nobody can control your state of consciousness unless you let them and that actually that actually we have the capacity to go wait there I'm not feeding with my plasma, with my intention, with my, with my creative energy. I'm not feeding that consciousness anymore. I, I do not feed it. Anyway, that's what's coming up. Continue, please, Darpan. This is a revolutionary. What you're just describing there is a revolutionary act, but it's not a revolutionary political act. It's a revolutionary act in terms of uh, your own consciousness, in terms of uh, repositioning yourself into a point of, of empowerment to say, I am. I have dominion over this sovereign being. I have dominion over that. Nobody can force me to do anything unless I agree or unless I acquiesce. Even if I don't agree and I do it, I'm acquiescing. We have this power to say simply no. We have this power to say I do not consent. And that doesn't mean you have to be anti-anything or angry at the government or angry at the va vaxxers or anything like that. It just means... As you say, you simply cease giving it energy. You, the way I look at it is this. We create our reality moment by moment. On a very, you know, I, I haven't got time to go into it right now, but I could present an argument that shows exactly how we do that and that by taking responsibility for our current reality, we uh, empower others to do the same and that what happens then if you completely surrender to, uh, to uh, your own power of dominion, instead of looking to the authority on the outside on how to live your life, then that is a very, very powerful step in self-empowerment. And once you take that, then you can simply exercise your right to not contribute your energy to that which doesn't support you or support the well-being of others. And, and the only way these people, like the wizard behind the curtain, can get away with this, because you, you're talking about a, a very small amount of people, like you could fit them in a room, in a house, exactly. uh, who, who are exercising this. If, you know, if everybody just simply became aware like if, if what the, the whole story, if the spell was broken and transparency became clear, 
everybody would just see it. You know, yes. like I would say, the higher the monkey climbs, the more he shows his ass. And more and more the <laughs> monkey is showing his ass. And people are starting to see it. Then they have to have the courage to act. And this is where it becomes really important, where we do can exercise our power, where we simply take back our right of dominion over ourselves. We simply come to a point of going, I am me. I'm a being inhabiting this vehicle, this body at this time. Existence chose me to be here. So I'm here by divine right, not by any political dispensation of any country or nation. And I am the child of the universe. And as such, from that authority, I speak and say, I have dominion over my own being and no other shall exercise dominion over that. If you can come to that point, then you're really in a, in a very powerful point. You simply say no. Say, I do not consent to that. If, for example, you don't want to have a vaccine, you say, no, it's not for me. I don't, and you don't attack them, you don't fight them, you don't argue, because then you more you fight the tar baby, you get stuck to it. You simply state your position clearly and without any too much emotion. And then what happens is that um, actually things start to fall away. If you actually have the courage to do that, there is very little that, that can happen, and particularly if you get a lot of people doing that. It's like a house of cards. The whole thing will simply fall down. But, of course, people are under the spell of fear, or the spell is maintained and fueled by fear. And the spell is, is being you know, narrated daily on the mainstream media, and so this is what people can see. It's like a stage hypnotist. I studied hypnotherapy for years. And you can make people believe there's an elephant in the room uh, when there's not. You can make people not see someone else in the room when, when they're there. You can make all kinds of adjustments to the, to the perceptions of the eyes and all the five doors of the senses through hypnosis. And these beings know that. And of course, if you look at the daily news, it's, it's just a tool of mass hypnosis. It's no longer the news. It's a, it's, it's a propaganda you know, you know, device. It's, it's, it's absolutely using all the techniques of, of hypnosis. You know, for example, even when you watch the news, you're being told something. Meanwhile, down below, the, there's a readout of something unrelated going on somewhere else in the world in the, in the text. And of course, your mind can't help but read the text. So your left brain is being distracted whilst your right brain is completely open to receiving unadulterated, uncensored what is being told to you from the television. So that's a classic hypnotic trick. Yeah, you that, distract. And that, and that goes straight in faster to the subconscious, right? Because your, Absolutely. Your, 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 your brain is open, so therefore the program is, is actually quicker. Yeah? Yes, exactly. So the first step is to, is to take away, is to see the spell. That's the first step. The second step, you know, that's already an impact. It's to empower oneself as a sovereign being and to just simply stop giving energy to that which is not supporting you and, and your family or your community. Um, and the next, uh, because the revolution, the true revolution is within. It's within every person. No person on this planet who's part of this current drama can get away from having to face themselves and look at a very basic binary choice. And I might have met, mentioned this to you in, the, in one of our other interviews, and that is the choice between love and fear. And every person is being confronted with this now, daily, every day. And, of course, most people are responding to the fear as if it's real and buying it. And so, therefore, they're giving away their human rights, their values, their normal, all the things I've cherished in life as being good, true, and, and worthwhile. They're giving it up. Why? Because they're afraid. So we have to look at fear. And, you know, um, we have to make this choice. Even if you're 
not making the choice and just going along. You're choosing. And that, that is fear to actually speak your truth. And so, like, it's a binary choice. Fear, love, fear, love. And if you listen to your mind, you can be led astray because the mind is a very tricky customer. It's not called the monkey mind for nothing. It can, t- it can convince you that you're choosing love when you're actually still choosing fear. So we don't listen to the mind. That's why I say I don't believe or disbelieve anything I read or hear or feel. I just tune into my intuition and what it, whatever, if it resonates, if it rings a bell, what I'm reading, then I take it on board. But only by that measurement, not just because I'm reading it. And so um, the, the mind can't be trusted to make this choice. So we need to look at our body. Our body is a far more reliable barometer of the truth than our mind. And, you know, the mind, the body is more simple. It's connected to the subconscious mind. It's more like a child or like a sleeping giant. It's, it's simple but powerful, incredibly powerful. And so when you feel like you're making – you've got to check your body. If you think you're choosing love when you're actually choosing fear, you'll be going, yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good, um, you know, and you'll kind of – your body language will be giving it away. But if you're really just open, relaxed, transparent, uh, receptive – you know you're choosing love. Your body's telling you, I feel good. I, I feel open. I feel trusting. Uh, therefore, I am choosing love in this moment. You can safely assume that you are. So we've got to uh, check and, in and, with and, our bodies. And, yeah, and, and actually, it's super I want, important. Yeah, I want you to stay here for a little bit because we did touch on this before and I've, this has popped up with a few people that I've met along the way. It's like, oh, how do we tell the difference between intuition and, 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 the, mm. and just the mind thinking? And also yeah. you just sort of describe that, mm-hmm. which is coming into the body. And this actually leads in beautifully to something that we spoke about before, but this idea of the, the, you know, I know many people talk about different dimensions and there's probably speculation about how many dimensions there are and so on and so forth. But if we look at what I'm describing is the 3D, sort of a 3D density, a dense um, vibration, let's just call it that. And we're all energy. It's all energy. We're in an energy ocean, right? It's just what we're swimming in, an energy ocean. Everything's energy. So if we start to look at ourselves as energy beings and we see this radical shift in awareness, or I love that I'm going to just say again, quote uh, the quantum leap in awareness so what what again is required for that well quantum leap in awareness for me is a, a completely reframe of how we engage and then that brings up intuition which has been a big topic for a long time so differentiating between that would be lovely for you to talk a bit about that and also you mentioned before that as we move into this sort of fourth fifth uh, uh, let's say stage of consciousness conscious awareness and the way that we perceive ourselves and what's going on then there's a there's a maturity that takes place that's from this sort of immature still the, the the kid at school that's putting everything up to the the teacher or the father and the mother and staying at home with the mother and being lost in that sort of like oh dependent oh somebody lead me take me i need i need to be authoritized you know i need authority to lead me i need leaders somebody lead me that is not going to cut it because if that's what you want, you're going to just follow down the path of those that just want to lead you to wherever they want to lead you. And you're just a commodity. You're just a you're you actually your energy is being uh, what's the word when it's being um, sucked, Darpan, but it's being like uh, harvested. Your energy is being harvested in that space. So I'd love you. To, I don't know if that's alive in you, but I'd love you to talk a bit about that. I do want to drop back to some of the other stuff you shared because it's so rich what you've already covered. We've covered great ground. But um, yeah, I want to I want to talk about that around this maturing, because when you said a moment ago, Darpan, that we 
we say no in a clear, non-acquiescent. And I love how you described it. It's a peaceful, it's a peaceful non-acquiescence. It's not conflict. Non-compliance. Right? Yeah, non-compliance. Thank you. Yeah. What comes up for you from that, Dad? Well, <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff there and really juicy. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, look. If we start giving our power away when we get a, a lot of people are afraid right now, so they're looking to the outside authority, they're looking to science, they're looking to the politicians, they're looking to the health minister, please tell us what's real, tell us what to do, tell us how to deal with this. We'll go along with it because we're afraid and we don't know and we don't really want to take responsibility. So you take the responsibility for us. This is classic old paradigm thinking. This is the way we've been living for the last several millennia, uh, you know, like living according to this. And of course, if you look to outside authority, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, and rely upon your experience to gauge from outside opinions and realities, then then you're just doomed and, and compelled to just play out history as it's done so many times over the last millennia. You know, like even with the really great revolutions that liberated the people, they ended up becoming the same as the dictators who they ousted after a period of time because it's that same consciousness. That's what happens in the third dimensional density. That's the way it is. Uh, but what we're doing is we're actually anchoring fourth and fifth dimensional elements within this density, hence bringing heaven to earth. And this is literally what is happening right now. I know this might sound woo-woo to some people, but we're in the dark stages, the, the, the sort of in the death rebirth situation, we are in the, in the dying. We are in the, the, the dissolution. Everything is being dissolved and, and recreated. And so at this point... Uh, we are, it doesn't look like an awakening. It doesn't look like, uh, you know, a, a shift of consciousness. But this is exactly what's required for any shift in any reality is there's a death and there's a rebirth, particularly in the third density. You can't have one without the other. And you can't just go into an awakening without going through that dying process. So rather than bemoan it, we should just willingly work with it and just keep our head above water. Because at this stage, we're in a very fast-flowing river and we don't know where it's going. All we can trust is that it's going to the sea, that it is at some point going to the ocean. So keep your head above the water and just avoid all the obstacles and just keep going and let the mother take you or let the river take you to the mother. And this is very much where we find ourselves. And the ability, and this is what, is being tested is the ability of people to surrender on that level because that is what's being asked for there is a death happening there's a death of an old paradigm and before the new can be born it has to be completely dissolved just like shiva is the destroyer as well as the creator you can't have one without the other and um, <clears throat> as it's being imploded it's not a, a something to be upset about it's just like allowing that to happen going with it, going with the laws of nature of existence. It's not, uh, you know, freaking out. It's about reassessing, re-gauging, more, taking more responsibility, bringing more presence, bringing more, uh, more kind of dominion into our lives so that we become the authority within our lives. And this doesn't happen overnight. It means you've got to connect with people who are already vibrating at that level and then in a kind of an osmosis, just as two tuning forks will start to vibrate at the same note 
if they're in each other's presence or one is sound and the other one starts vibrating. This is how we transmit to each other right now, as we are right now. This will go out to a number of people. If it happens like that and there's a tuning fork being struck, even if there's just one person that this resonates with, then it's the whole exercise is already worthwhile. That's the way this process happens. It's not through, I mean, all of the other media is good too, but ultimately it's an inner revolution. It's good to be guided and to connect with others and to find conscious community or people you can relate to on that level and to open your hearts and to really share with each other about this process and that it's okay to go through, that we don't have to be afraid, that we just have to let go and that even if dying happens, then better to let go into death than to go kicking and screaming. It's a completely different experience. And death is always followed by rebirth, always, 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 even physical death is followed by a birth into another state. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a transition. And we are right in the middle of that transition. Or well, not even in the middle. We're just in the early stages of that transition. And that's the dark stages. That's the part that feels really kind of unsettling to people because it brings up all kinds of emotions, all kinds of things that they haven't dared to look at because they've had their head stuck firmly in the sand like an ostrich. And then if you pull it out, you go, okay, well... Um, and you realize that everything is falling apart, then you are forced into a situation where you have to make that choice of either taking responsibility and or go flailing and, and kicking down the, down the road. And many people will. But more and more and more and more people are going to be able to uh, step into the early stages of taking that responsibility. And it's not going to happen overnight, but it is going to happen rapidly when you look at the the, the scale of things, you know, like it'll be in a flash, even though it might take years. It's happening very, very quickly in terms of the evolution of human consciousness on this planet. It's happening in the blink of an eyelid. Right. But we here right now in three, third dimensional density are here to just play out these, this whole transition. This is our job. This is why we've incarnated. This is why we're here. As I've mentioned in other shows before, we've got front row seats to the most extraordinary show ever happened that ever happened uh, for human consciousness and uh, and certainly it's unprecedented in any of our historical process so we're on new territory this is like throwing us into the moment we cannot look backwards and say how did people deal with this before you know people have tried to do that with the plague and back in 1970 but it's just like a little tiny fraction of what's happening it's just one little blip of a detail and what is happening on a larger scale is not even being controlled by those powers that be that we spoke of earlier. They are just going along and trying to op take an opportunity, trying to capitalise, if you like, off this massive change that is happening on a cosmic level. And, um, right, and, and so the, I, jump, the point, I want yeah. to jump in there with that because it brings me back to the thing. And I'll tell you why. So this is a great point, right? So we talk about this maturity. We talk about this... Um, taking full responsibility for it all. And if we talk about or feel into this non-separation, so this idea of separation is also part of an illusion, right? This, uh, the, you know, the ego yeah. identification tells us that, you know, I am, you know, I am what I own. I am what people think of me. I am, um, you know, I am mm. um, separate uh, from everybody else. And that, you know, this creates this idea, the identification of separation, right? So if we just drop in for a minute, because when we talk about these powers that be, or we, you know, we speak about the billionaires, we know them, it's not even about they and 
them and that. No. You know, the list is out there. We know who supposedly controls exactly. um, the government. We know mm-hmm. who are the billionaires. We know whether it's Elon Musk, who created the money system. Richard Branson, who created the money system. We know that. It's not about a big conspiracy talk. We just know them. So they're out yeah. there and they're, they're playing with... They're playing with life force energy, just like everybody else. They have big visions. They have m- lots mm-hmm. of money. They have military support. They can put satellites in the sky. They're, they're, they're like you said, they already know about the free energy and the way that um, systems work. Hence why we've got, you know, uh, mm. uh, internet and everything else and everything else that's going on in the space stations and so on, which is kind of far out to even grasp if you're playing as the peasants outside the castle, right? We're just like, we're just going mm. along with whatever's happening. Now, if we if we bring in a more unity consciousness perspective, a more equality, a more owning our power, and then seeing everything that's outside of us as a direct mirror of what is going on inside of us. Now, mm-hmm. I'd love, I, I don't know how you interpret this, Darpan, but I'd love to know mm-hmm. what's, what comes up for you when I say that, because what's been coming up for Dara and I is this idea that, Everyone is literally not an idea. It's not something new, but this direct mirror. So when I, as soon as I look at the Schwabs or I look at the Charleses or the Elon Musk or, or the, uh, the, what's his name? The, the one that <clears throat> Bill Gates, you know, if I look yeah. at them and at times I've looked at them and I've been like, I don't trust these people. I don't trust them. It's like literally comes up in my body. Like a, it feels like I don't trust them. So I'm like, where don't I trust me right now? Where don't I trust that, that part that they're showing me inside of me? And where am I exercising that behavior inside of me and inside of my communities or around? And how can I take full responsibility of that and bring loving, conscious awareness to that so that that dissolves within me and my frequency shifts? Does, that, does this make sense, what I'm saying? Wow, wow, Simon, that's, that's it. In, uh, on the, the nail, or hit the nail right on the head. That's what I was working towards, and that's you okay. just beautifully introduced it because uh, that's what it's all about. It's about, uh, you know, I think the ones who are really – awakening and are awake have had somewhere along the line this sense of this sense of oneness whether it's come through meditation through love making through sacred plants through running through dancing whatever it is whatever was the catalyst that induced that experience most people who are waking up have had that experience where they realize Fuck, all is one. Everything is one. I'm connected to everything. I'm a point of sentience, and yet that point of sentience contains it all. And I am in it, and it is in me. In fact, I am it. And therefore, that anything that emanates from me is part, or everything I experience is actually part of myself. Everything is an extrapolation of my own consciousness. And when I say mine, I don't mean DARPA, and I mean consciousness. I mean the one the consciousness. And, uh, and if you've had that experience, and once you realize, as Chief Seattle says, uh, whatever you do to the web affects you. The, however you affect the web. Remember Chief Seattle had that beautiful poem about like all no, things. No, I don't know it. Tell me, tell me. I don't know it, no. Oh, man, look it up. Chief Seattle, he was one of the great uh, Indian chiefs who did this poem where he talked about, I think it's called The Web of Life. You can look it up later on. And it's just a stunning poem which absolutely lays out poetically this state of consciousness that we call unity or non-dual awareness and if you've been imbued with that experience however that has happened then from that point on life doesn't is changes because up until that experience 
we have thought that think there are bits and pieces and that, you know, that the way the world works, you can pull it apart, put it back together, and this affects that, and then there's all these different regions that come together and create that. And we saw it in a sort of a machine-like way and that we were separate from it, that we were somehow had our, uh, you know, like uh, were, were not part of that, that, we, that there was an other and there was a self. And this is the classic dual uh, awareness. And for people to really wake up, this feeling of oneness is exactly what is, is, is the, the experience that is needed. And sometimes that, those feelings of oneness can come after an intense ordeal. That's why, uh, you know, Red Indians would set themselves all kinds of ordeals like burials up to the head or, you know, fasting for four days or being hung by hooks. <clears throat> mainly because they didn't have sacred plants. I mean, you had to torture the body to get into those states of consciousness. But those states of consciousness were so valued that they would do that. They would torture themselves in order to get to those experiences. Because once you have that experience, then you get what's called wisdom, not knowledge. Knowledge is something you've accumulated, you know, reading books, other people's opinions, other other ideas, concepts, beliefs, whatever, and you take them on board and you suddenly become very knowledgeable about information. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an inner experience that is anybody can experience, whether it's a child or a monk or a beggar or a pauper or a king, whoever. It's not limited to any kind of um, social or racial or, you know, ethnic kind of like categorization. It is something that is universal to all beings, all human beings. And uh, where this whole new paradigm shift is taking place is exactly in that arena is that it's the implosion of the old uh dualistic system of this and that up and down right and wrong good and evil and all the attendant sort of ramifications from those polarities uh mm -hmm. into an experience of 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 absolute um uh dissolving into going beyond uh me and thou and, and it's beautifully encapsulated by the Mayan saying of in Lakesh, which is mm. I am another you, I am another yourself, I am you, you am I. And uh, unless you've had that experience of unity consciousness, you don't really know what that means. It kind of intellectually you get it and you go, oh, yeah, that's nice, it's a lovely idea. But uh, if you've actually experienced that, that in Lakesh, that concept, that idea is not just an idea, it's a living experience it's an experiential thing you can reference from inside your own experience. And most people who've had that experience, whether they're scientists or musicians or doctors or lawyers or philosophers or whatever, uh, all of their teachings and all of their work tends to reflect that state. It comes naturally. You can't, you're not the same person once you've really, truly grokked, right. really understood, really felt, really yeah leaned into and, and embodied that feeling and then you are changed forever and that doesn't mean it's there permanently all the time it just means once you've experienced it maybe you'll fall off the ladder and go back into 3d awareness and go back into the small wave thinking back into you know how it used to be the old patterns but you can never quite forget that experience and sooner or later you have to go 
woof, and you remember again, and you remember, and you know the truth. And the truth does not need to be explained or proved. It is felt. It is known. It is brahmasi. It's like, you know, you know it. And this is the experience I'm talking about. And this is the inner revolution that we're, that is happening on the planet today. And this is uh, what I've been devoting my whole life to, well, in the last 25, 30 years, is to try and induce those kinds of experiences in people so that they, so that at least they've tasted their, a sense or a, a get a sense of their multidimensional nature and not just that they've got this blinkered existence which we've been taught and conditioned as the only real experience for us here in the body. And right, so, right, right. Um, so, so that's as beautiful. More wait there, wait there, wait there, wait there. That's lovely. Stay there, stay there, stay there, stay there. That's so beautiful. <laughs> stay there. I know, I know we could, because, you know, I have, to, I have to jump in because it's so lovely for me to bring in the, I like to put, you know, you deliver a lot. <laughs> You bring a lot, right? There's so much there. I hope everyone listening, you're enjoying the, the poetic wisdom that pours out of this, this being. But so if we drop into the inner revolution, I love that. I mean, I'm all about the revolution, the revolution of love, this inner revolution. And we look at like, this is a stage. And I know you said before, you know, this is like the conscious ingression of higher frequency, right? This is like a, a 26,000 year cycle. But mm-hmm. I know last, on the last, on the last, podcast you mm. mentioned many different cycles all coming together at one time so what i what i want us to drop into mm. here is this inner revolution takes place right so as within so without and then we look outside earlier in the conversation you said oh you know we, we people out there might think they're insignificant they're small how can they make any real impact how can they you know well this is what you're talking about actually the the response right now, the ability to respond, responsibility, is to go inside and realize that when you mm-hmm. access that inner revolution, when you tap into that uni- unity consciousness, you are the dreamer of the, you know, you're the dream maker of the dream. You're the one that's actually impacting collective consciousness. Mm. So you, in that moment, have taken responsibility of how you want to see the world unfolding, right? That's one thing. And then what's also beautiful is rather than look out and go, Oh, it's all drab. It's all dystopian. It's all going, you know, whatever it's going. I, I don't know how you see it, Darpan, but I see that those that I've chosen to open or that are awakening to this, what we're talking about today, then do you see it as like there's that soaring ripple effect of awakening that's really unfolding right now? And the, that density, that sort of, you know, inequality that in the 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 aspect of the shadow or the fear that doesn't want to include that that's scared of death that's worried about ownership mm. and uh what is it i'm going to just reference this again just for you know the 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 domination the exploitation are we going to literally see that 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 has to dissolve because it can't hold up anymore it can't stick and and that we're going to move into this more um you know, how would we describe it? This planetary transition into, you know, uni- again, what we call it, a new earth, loving kindness, consciousness, empathy, joy, exuberance, a co-creation. <laughs> I just get, anyway, jump in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is an, a, a personal revolution and it's not a matter of like, uh, it's going to just woof happen. It's, it, it's like, it's a wake-up call for humanity. It's going to happen uh, in a very tumultuous, but, you know, as existence stands, it's not, 
unkind or, or cruel. Even when a tsunami wipes out 300,000 people, it's not nature being cruel. It's just nature knowing that death doesn't exist and it's just done that as just as as part of the processes of, of birth, death and transitioning on this planet. It's happening all the time. In the cosmos, planets are being born and died and explode every moment. It's not like it's it's a sentimental a, a event for, a, for existence. It's just part of the play and dance of life. And so... If it be, if it is that you know say you know millions or even billions of people die, then you know who can say if that's a good or a bad thing. Right. I mean, at the moment the planet is overpopulated. I just really resent people like Bill Gates and other oligarchs who decided they have have the authority to start uh, their eugenics programs and play God. Yeah. When existence knows exactly very well how to redress imbalances. When I was a kid, there was a big plague of locusts that happened in where I grew up, and it was just like crazy everywhere. And then there was just all these uh, birds that migrated in that started to eat all the, all the locusts. So nature always has its has its redressing ability to bring balance. So what we're going into uh, today hat, is hat, sorting hat, what, out my frequency. I don't, one, one thing, though, before you jump into this, and what you just said about Bill Gates and the eugenics program and this idea that these individuals can can take the power into their hands and wipe out mm-hmm. species, right? So just as you were saying that, mm-hmm. I, I, it popped up. So can we not see, is there not a way to see him as existence, even though we, we may not like of course. him? And I of project, course, can absolutely. we not see him as existence as he's actually playing that role? He is. That's exactly what's happening. We've got to thank Bill Gates. He's playing that role. Exactly. I used to think that, look, when I was an angry young man at university and I was anti-apartheid, anti-Vietnam and anti-everything, um, when if somebody had given me a gun and I was near Richard Nixon, I would have probably shot him. You know what I mean? I thought he was such an evil man, you know, like bombing all these young children in Vietnam, blah, 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 blah. But I wouldn't take that approach today. In fact, when George Bush was bombing Iraq, rather than taking that position, I was actually sending love to George Bush because they're playing a very, very important role, as you rightly say. Like if you look at the crucible of consciousness, uh, the alchemical crucible of the transformation of consciousness, if you want to look at this like as an alchemist for a moment, then what you need in order to affect that radical shift, that change, that quantum leap in in consciousness, like changing lead into gold, you need to exert a lot of pressure, a lot of heat, cold, um, you know, pressure. Look how long it takes to create a diamond from carbon. It's millions of years of pressure and heat and cold and all kinds of elements. You can't say that it's really bad, that this is heat is good and cold is bad or anything like that when you look at the bigger picture. So in this case, the compression of human consciousness that is happening right now is important. It's an, an essential step for the next to be able to happen. And so everybody has their role to play. And uh, I like to use the term, the devil knows not for whom he works. So even people who seem to be having nefarious service to self intentions are playing an absolutely important role because the, the, the shift in consciousness simply wouldn't happen unless these elements were present because people right. were far too asleep. People don't want right. to shift their consciousness just because they're happy being asleep. Do you know what I mean? Right. I remember one of my teachers once saying, you know, being a teacher of consciousness is, is a very, very uh, difficult thing and thankless task. He said because it's like being in a house of people 
and they're all just living in the house and they have no idea that there's a world outside. And, and the teacher keeps going, hey, there's a world outside. There's a world outside. Look, there's trees and sun and grass. And it's ah, bullshit. Yeah, no, no. When I'm the one of your stories, yeah, yeah. No, this is real. This is where we are. This is. And so then the teacher goes out in despair and then he comes back in the room and goes, everybody, the house is on fire. Get the fuck out of the house. It's on fire. So everybody runs out of the fucking house and they go, wow, look at this. Look at the trees. Look at the grass. Wow, look at the sun. So in other words, we need sometimes all kinds of devices to wake up and because otherwise we just like to remain asleep. It's a kind of a, you know, it's, it's a trance in itself. And so these people who have these agendas are at playing an absolutely important role. I would, you know, couldn't happen in the, any other way. This is the greatest polarization of the light and the dark in our historical process. It's really right. coming to a peak now. And this polarization is not there to try and defeat each other or neutralize each other. It's the energy of that is going to push us, propel us into something which uh, bridges that polarity gap into unity consciousness, into non-dual awareness, into experiences that we were speaking of earlier where we know that we are connected to all things and that all is one. Even though you are separate and I'm looking at you in a Zoom call somewhere else in the world, we are one at essence. It's like if you had a, a, a piece of paper and put four holes in it and you just put, you know, saw my fingers there, you'd think they look separate, you know, but then you take it away and, of course, the whole palm is there. So in a certain sense, we're being blocked by this illusion of this piece of paper that makes it look like this dimension is the only one that's there and therefore we can't that's the veil and these veils are being lifted at this time and that's why it's really uh crazy why people are getting feeling really uncertain because as these veils get lifted people start to not know what's solid anymore they can't believe in religion anymore they know the politicians all lie but you know but still go along with it they know the system is corrupt. They know that, you know, the whole medical system is being, they know many things, but rather than look at that, they will accept it because in order to look at it, if they even look at one thing, then they have to look at everything. And this is what people are afraid of because if you take responsibility for one thing, then you've got to naturally take responsibility for it all and better and easier not to take responsibility for any of it and just tell me how it is and then right. I'll appropriately react and abreact according to that. And that's wow. called a place of disempowerment. That's called a place of acquiescence. It's called a place of, of uh, demeaning, diminishing oneself to a very low level of vibration of frequency. And that's served us up until now. In a certain sense, we've been kids in our nappies, you know, growing up through our evolutionary process. And now it's time to take the nappies off, to take responsibility for our own backyard and not shit in it everywhere just because we want someone else to clean it up, maybe our children or the children's children, um, and just take responsibility as being conscious custodians of this incredibly beautiful jewel fluff flung somewhere in the far fl reaches of the Milky Way. You know, like it's this incredible, you know, denizen of life that, that, that is actually going through an immense change. And the change is not just in us human beings. It is happening to the whole planet itself. It is a, it's like Gaia is going through puberty. You remember what it was like in puberty when we were all got our emotions got all churned up and we didn't, you know, didn't believe our parents anymore and trying to desperately find a new sense of identity who could relate to the world and from not the child anymore, but not really knowing where it is and getting upset and very, very sensitive and pimples come out in your skin and all kinds of emotions. 
well, if you look at the planet, isn't the planet going through that now, like collectively? Right. I mean, look, the, the what's weather? Weather is emotions. What's everybody talking about? Climate change. It's all about weather. It's about the emotional nature coming up. What's the, what's the pimples? It's like volcanoes are going off everywhere at the moment. If you actually go on the volcano page, it's ridiculous. They don't even get reported anymore. So many are going off. And there are all kinds of changes in the world's electromagnetic systems. There are there are changes in the uh, in this in the even to the Gulf Stream and like the basic veins and body of Gaia is going through a major transformation. So we as humans, being as arrogant as we are, think it's all about us. We think we've got to save the planet. We're the cause of this and more whatever, you know, due to human. This is just arrogance. This is still a, a, the consciousness that sees itself separate from everything else. Right. When you really look to come down to it, we are just walking, talking, cogitating aspects of that one entity called Gaia. And Gaia is going through a massive shift. She's moving through a few dimensions, as happens to planets every now and then, because planets are beings, just as suns are beings. And this is all being orchestrated by the sun. And that's where the climate change people are really fall down, because there's a whole heap of scientists now who've signed petitions saying, not due to human human uh, hydrocarbon uh, emissions. Sure, there might be some little blip about that, but why is Mars warming up? Why is Venus warming up? Why is Mercury warming up? These don't have humans on them, and yet Mars is the polar caps are melting. Right. Why? What's in the common? The sun. The sun is the, is the common factor. So the sun is going through changes, and they've had the massive telescopes on the sun for the last 15 years because they know something major, major is happening with the sun. And as the sun changes its cycles and changes its electromagnetic field, as it does from time to time, um, so the earth is being triggered by the sun, mm-hmm. as are all the other concubines of the sun, the other planets. And it's the alpha male going, this is what's happening and shifting, and, and the sun is the source. That's why the Egyptians and the Aztecs and so many of them look to the sun because it is the source of life. It is, it is mm. light. It is the source of light, and no planet could exist without it. And so it's the one that orchestrates these changes. So there are much bigger uh, movements afoot, and this is what I was pointing out in our last interview when I was saying there are several cosmic cycles all coming to a, a point of synchronicity around this period that we're living right now. And that's why so many major changes, and we can look at these oligarchs and think, oh, it's because of them, they're wielding power. No, they're, they're trying to hedge and position themselves to deal with the, with the same kind of energies uh, in their own way, except they're trying to maximise it still in the old paradigm for service to self. But this is doomed to failure. I don't care if they own all the money in the world or, you know, manufacture it, all the armies or whatever, or whatever power they accumulate because this consciousness shift is not nothing to do with that. And uh, just as an addendum to that, I'd like to uh, share this experience I saw with this uh, program called Project Camelot. I don't know if you know about that, but it's a place yeah, yeah. where they have all kinds of whistleblowers and, and very, very erudite and, and, and very good people. And there was this one, uh, you know how the CIA have been doing remote viewing as well as the MK Ultra and all the rest of it. The remote viewing they've been into for a long, long time. And I've known a number of remote viewers who've worked for the government in that way. Anyway, there's this one really, really shit hot, top notch uh, remote viewer who the CIA and perhaps some of those people, those oligarchs got together and they wanted him to go into the timeline of the future to see from a remote viewing point of view what plays out. And he went in there according to their instructions and went in there and came back and he just had this beautiful look on his face and he said, wow. 
He said, I just see this great awakening of people. People are waking up and, and just shining and taking, you know, owning their who they truly are. And and they went, right, that wasn't what they wanted to hear. Oh, shit, what about if we do this, 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 and this? Now go in there. No kidding, no kidding. They asked him to do it. So he went in there and with those with those uh, conditions and parameters and uh, and he just came back again saying, it happened differently, but this great awakening happened. This great awakening. Said, well, what about if we do this, 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 this? And so that's kind of the game they're playing. It's desperate. It's a desperate game to hang on to power when it is the very power that is dissolving or reorientating or repositioning. So it's not about personal power anymore. It's about universal oneness, yeah. a collective yeah. uh, power. It's about power from a place to service to the one and all. Service to the one, which is a completely different expression of power when it's in service to self. Right. So anyway, just to finish that story, this guy, uh, these, this to me, this story, his, his, him relating that story was a very good uh, allegory or a kind of a metaphor for what I feel energetically is going down on the bigger picture. Although most people who are caught in the trance of the mainstream media wouldn't even be thinking on those levels or seeing them. But they are, that doesn't mean they're not there. And that's why I bring myself back to the sun. I think that the sun is like a major orchestrator of what happens in this solar system. And uh, and these beings who are rolling out this agenda are just playing with the strange astrological uh, influences as, as those who are in the power to service to the one and all. So there's this final... I don't like to use the word battleground because it's it's a it's a it's a it's a communion into one. But there's the there's the drawing out within 3D of the light and the dark, and it's not about will the light win, will the dark win. It's about bridging that into one reality, so the shadow is accepted and integrated into one. It's no Beautiful. longer polarized, projected, or kind of, uh, you know, like extrapolated outwards onto someone else or some other thing. And once somebody has had truly, truly had that deep experience in themselves for their own, on their own authority, their own experience of that sense of oneness, then you could no harm or hurt someone or try and take advantage of somebody or cause them any kind of like ill or feeling or anything than you would do right. to yourself because you yeah. know that everything is an extrapolation of your own consciousness and if there's something there that you don't like, then as you so beautifully expressed earlier, and I think that that what that process you spoke about is so valuable and people People should take that home, that kind of idea, is you just use whatever seems to be abrasive in the outside screen of, the, of, of your experience to just bring that in and see where that is reflected within oneself. And if you can just tweak the software within you, then suddenly, presto lavachi, it all changes on the outside mm. rather than tinkering with the nuts and bolts of a perceived outside reality, which exactly. is arduous and ultimately futile. Right, beautiful. Yeah, so wow. this is what I mean wow, about wow, the wow. inner revolution. Yeah, and it is a one thing. It's happening on all levels. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it? uh, uh, yeah it's so rich, so rich. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, we can just start to laugh because this is the play. Actually, what I'm hearing as you speak is the play of existence. So It's uh, the play. Yeah, recapping. It's the recap leader. Yes, the leader. And recapping on some of what you shared, I love the, the analogy which I've used before as well and and maybe some of the listeners are are aware of this too but the body you know how we see the body as the outer too so when you spoke about you know the gaia's veins and the arteries being the rivers and the 
and the uh, streams mm. and you know the volcanoes being the eruptions of what's happening within us and the and the emotions that's going on and so on it's like when we actually see that interconnectedness of the of the micro the macro and we realize that the soil itself is the skin of our being and if we continue to pollute ourselves which we are doing that's really how you can see what's happening on the outside world because of how we're polluting ourselves and then you look at the outer world it's giving you a huge mirror it's saying look how the soil is being treated look how the interaction of our species look how we communicate with one another look how we show up and judge and condemn if we see that and go wow that's inside me. Let me purify that. Let me refine that. Let me take full responsibility. Let me come back to self-empowerment and find that inner peace. I'm just loving this conversation again because it's highlighting that that's where we have power. That's power. where we have that's the sovereignty. To, yes, yes, that's where we come yes. empowered. That's why I'm, I'm feeling empowered as always just listening to you, but it feels, it links in actually so beautifully to something I listened yesterday and by the way, I love the story from the Project Camelot that the, the awakening is inevitable anyway. So just relax, right? That's the first thing. The other <laughs> thing, the, the, the other thing was um, self care, um, Darpan, coming up where, where mm. how can we, how, if we're not going to come back right now, what can we do right now? We can take care of ourselves. We can love ourselves. We can, we can, we can see this beautiful opportunity right now and rise up as into everything we've spoken about for the last hour, but I don't know what comes up for you now, but this is a, this is very much That a, is gold, yeah. Simon. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's it. Carry on the cake because I tell you, self-love is what is going to create this inner revolution. And as we come to uh, realize that what, a lot of what that we perceive as reality is an illusion is actually a manufactured illusion through our conditioning process, and that as we come back to our original face by consciously stopping to give energy to that which we know is actually not serving myself or any of the community and 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 then having the courage to actually just stand in our truth and be transparent and this yes. is a very powerful word i'm so happy you use this word a lot and you know in transparency and honesty that's all you know it's like showing up and in showing up uh and allowing ourselves to be seen to that in itself is an act of love, but but to nourish and to care for ourselves because we've been taught to put ourselves last. And, you know, most the, – the one – I've been working with, you know, counselling and therapy for, you know, 40 years, and the one constant thing that you face all the time, I'd say 95% of most people's issues stem down to self-worth. Right. All comes down to where you don't love yourself, where exactly. you're putting yourself down, where you're judging yourself. Not enough. And these are all old voices that come back from the past, whether it was our parents or our teachers or our, the system or the policeman or the magistrate, whoever. And these are the, and we've taken on these characters inside of our own head and now we're our own policemen. We're our own guards. We're our own, you know, we're, we're in the jail and we're, and we're also the jailer. This right. is the diabolical trick of what happens with ego imprisonment. <clears throat> but when you liberate yourself from that ego in prison by of being aware that I am all, I am it, and when I'm saying that I'm not big noting going, I'm great, I'm, I'm fantastic, I'm just simply saying all is connected, all is one. And that same animating force that animates the tree or the flower or the, or the goanna is, is animating me too. And in that exactly. sense, we all share this one immanent uh, living force 
yes. which we call life. And yes. you know, and and that, and as we embrace that, it gives us power. It gives us. It, it makes us feel worthwhile. It it is immediately validating. And this is what to get out of self worth, one needs to find validation. That's why so many people are coming together in circles all over the planet. I mean, you never read about this on the mainstream news, but all exactly. over the planet, there are people coming together and also connecting and validating each other in their new perceptions and their new awareness of what. Is, could, it right, could, that's could really key. Reality. That's really key. That's really key. I love that. Let's just highlight that. Let's stop and pause there for one moment because that's beautiful. I love it. I've written it down. We validate each other in that new perception of who we truly are. Mm. That is just that's juicy for me. And I and because you know we hear a lot of talk about self love and so on, but how you just broke that down is. That is where you don't see that in the, the news. You imagine if everybody stood up right mm. now and, and, and the ones in the mainstream said, right, so what we're going to do, we're just going to love ourselves more. Today, what's your, what's your personal practice to love yourself? Don't worry about needing to go to work. We've got the energy system sorted out with the free energy. Now we're going to focus on coming together, collaborating and you know, uh, boosting each other up into the magnificent divine beings that we know ourselves to be. But <laughs> anyway. This is what will, this is how, when this happens, when we come to that stage, the world will be transformed in the place of such abundance. It's happening now. That's right. It is. (laughs) And that's the experience of it. But abundance beyond our wildest beliefs and imaginings can become the the, 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 the norm when we open up to our multidimensional nature and our innate creativity and the, and our ability to create reality moment by moment. And if we're aware that we're doing that, then we're, of course we're going to make the best choices because what yes. kind of a reality do we want to manifest? Let's look at that. You mean I could really manifest a reality that I could imagine and feel and, and want and embody? Yes. The exciting answer is yes, you can. And, of course, that's a question nobody would have dared to really think about because it seemed that reality was all out there and, and who am I, this little tiny little creature amongst, you know, so this is what's changing. It's the perspective. It's a new perspective. It's, it's a re-identification from the small's eye to the larger eye. Some people call it your higher self. Some people call it, you know, the divine, the, the celestial, whatever you want to call it. It's, I call it non-dual awareness. I call it the, 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 the grid of consciousness. Uh, it's the unity f- field of unity consciousness. And this is a good way, I find, to, to explain it. And then once you you you... you identify yourself as that, you immediately open the conduit for much, 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 much more uh, breadth and and spectrum uh, of experience than what we've previously Mm. been experiencing. It's literally like getting out of jail. It's literally like that metaphor of the people who are living in the house or in Plato's cave and they finally get tricked in going outside and going, wow, you know, it's that kind of awakening. Exactly. It's on that kind of scale. And it's a sorting by frequency because on the planet today, as I said, we have this polarization and some will decide not, will opt not to go there. Some will, you know, go, I don't really want to go for this new, I mean, I'm not talking, I'm just playing it out in, in, in words. Yeah. It wouldn't be so much in words, but by energy. I don't want to be a part of this new world. So they will simply... Uh, leave the planet and uh, and find another school as this planet has been another planet where you know uh, one can uh, explore duality and learn and grow but many many there's a significant proportion of humanity who are ready to make that quantum leap beyond 
the dual awareness into non-dual awareness. Beautiful. That doesn't mean you're not still in 3D reality. It just means your identity is no longer in 3D reality. You realize that I am God. That's what Jesus meant. And all the great ones that were said when, you know, when they say Abrahamsa, it means it means I am God. I am it. It is I. You know, it doesn't mean they're big noting themselves. They're identifying with a much larger uh, yes. a, a source of energy than the previous one, which is just limited to the little I, to who I think I am and all the ideas and prejudices and beliefs that I carry that I think is yes. me. So it's really that kind of a leap. And it is a sorting by frequency. Some souls will, will choose not to and they will be channeled into another 3D karmic life education school as Gaia has been. But Gaia herself is going through this shift and, and uh, it will be reflected. And I always say that, you know, earlier I said, <clears throat> the devil knows not for whom he works. All these people that are putting all these grids in place, the 5G, everything else. And if you're thinking about 5G, these people are really smart. They're not just third dimensional adepts in terms of, you know, money and power and wealth. They're also fourth dimensional adepts as in magicians. They know how to work the fourth dimension, but the fourth dimension is still dualistic as this one is, just a lot not, not dense, as dense as this one. We still have all the lords of light and all the lords of darkness and everything in between. And these people are masters of that dimension too. But they do know nothing of the fifth dimensional frequency because that is the frequency of, of non-dual awareness. And for them to go into that frequency, they would have to let go of that service to self exactly. mentality. And because exactly. they're unwilling to do that, they hover between the third and fourth dimensions and they feed from the fourth dimension. That's where they get their energy from. But as we're going straight through to the fifth, we'll pass through fourth dimensional densities and we already are in our collective experience. But when we arrive at this finite experience, and I don't know how it's gonna come because I don't know how it will all play out. But what I do know and I know from my own experience is that it will, when it, when it happens for one, it happens for all. It's like they say, when one person becomes enlightened, the whole world becomes enlightened. I mean, if you, what that means is that it is coming as a collective experience, but within yes. that we will have our individual uh, ex, uh, perceptions and direct experiences of that thing. And those who are, who are incongruent with that new frequency will simply leave the planet. You know, yes. they'll die one way or another and be reincarnated somewhere else. And those who are ready will, will, be, will move through it. And, uh, and there may be well. I mean, after Atlantis, there was great clan cataclysms because I believe that in Atlantis, they came to the same crux. This mm -hmm. same, there was a possibility to make that leap then, but it all went back to the Stone Age. And there's no guarantee that we'll make the leap this time either, except in my world, it is definitely happening. And in that means that as you embody that, then your experience has no, can have no, uh, no other alternative but to, ex but to manifest what it is you truly experience. So this is a great uh, invitation and a challenge to trust, not only in existence, but in, into oneself. And when I say oneself, I don't mean the DARPA and the 3D entity. I mean, trust oneself as a sovereign being connected to the one and all, connected to that fifth dimensional awareness. In other words, where the higher self and the smaller self merge and they fall into line and they come into the, and this is how it will happen. And it's not that people have to be learn some technique or learn, so where's a guidebook, how can I do this? It's not about that. This is, that's an old 3D way of looking at it. It's just simply declaring that you are up for that, that I choose love. I choose love. I choose, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what, how it's going to take place, but I choose love. And, and by that, you know, I mean to say, I choose to take responsibility. 
I choose to open myself. I choose to uh, live my truth. What it really means to live your truth is to just have the courage to look inside and to really question everything. You know, question authority, question anything anybody tells you and see how that feels inside. And and not to just take willy-nilly what, what, whatever is being presented towards you because this is a time of... We're in the Hall of Mirrors. We're in Chapel Perilous. It's very, very tricky. It's like passing through the moon. It's like things look shadowy and not real and real and what's true and what's not true. And Yeah, you spoke so eloquently around the, yeah, the different dimensions and that was beautiful. And also this, this, you know, as you mentioned, there was this sense of like when one's enlightened, the ripple effect of that means all. And, and this, you know, we are gods, gods in the flesh. And actually, it reminded me of the Roger Bannister story when that man was trying to do the four-minute mile and nobody in the world could run the four-minute mile. But then when this one uh, man completed one mile in four minutes, then everybody around the planet that was trying to, to run that, all of a sudden it started popping that others could do the same. And sort of the, telling us to how we're plugged into the, you know, the interconnected morphogenic field is being called by some people. So I sent, I get a sense of that, that that is happening right now. And also I get a sense if we just ground this down, because we know that there's, you know, I know some people talk about, you know, energy feeding and entities, different entities playing out and, and so on. We go into hyper dimensions and multi dimensions and so on, which is beautiful. And I think just to finish it off today, if we bring it down into like how it's showing up for the individual, which I think we've covered. But I'm loving this thing, Darpan, and I don't know if you've seen this in your communities or you've heard people speaking about it, about this reformation of community living and coming together in communities, whether that be off-grid communities or local communities, or and actually regrouping with all that really means anything to us, which is connection, you know, supporting each other, sharing resources, sharing our gifts, and actually moving beyond all this, you know, necessarily need for, you know, vast amounts of money and competition and selling and products and so on and so forth. But how can we come together in community, live off the land, get our hands in the soil and come together? So I'd, I'd love like us to maybe, if that feels aligned to you, unless there's anything you wanted to add on, maybe we could uh, round up the, the talk in that. Does that feel, you have something to say on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm right with you there. Um, the, the work that I've been doing for the last 30 years, traveling around the planet and uh, bringing people together to create uh, experiences of these transcendent experiences uh, so that people could experience their multidimensional reality and experience their, their nature as being uh, one with all things. Um, during that time, I thought, well, it's all very well to give people an experience of that, but what's next? And what came through already a long time ago and what I've been doing for many years, and I see so many other people doing the same thing, is creating, um, is creating what I call conscious community. Coming together in circle, doesn't matter how it is, what it's for, it's for singing or meditation or sacred plants or just simply to be in circle and to hold space and to bring or even to eat together in circle, whatever it is, but coming together and celebrating that circle because in a circle there is no hierarchy. It's not like a pyramid. 
it's all all is connected as one. And if you extrapolate that out into other dimensions, it becomes a sphere and a sphere of consciousness. So we're talking about spherical kind of um, uh, patterns as opposed to pyramidical patterns, which has been the <clears throat> the uh, the key for the last few thousand years. But it's just passing its use by date. So people all over the world are coming together to reaffirm those values that are fifth dimensional, which is connection, which is love, which is nourishment, nurturing, peace, love, joy, sharing, all the things that any child can understand really simply. You know, you don't need to know Quran or the sutras or Bible or all these other archaic uh, sacred writings and therefore develop all kinds of beliefs around them. No. Any child can understand this fifth dimensional frequency. It's an experience. It's not a knowledge. It's, in fact, it's achieved by unburdening yourself of knowledge, dropping all exoteric knowledge and reconnecting to that uh, wisdom within, to that source within, to that place of knowing within, so that each person can become their own authority. Because if you truly stop asking outside authority and bring it in, you'll be surprised about what just comes up in your own consciousness. If you truly and just simply and and innocently ask those questions of yourself as opposed to the experts. It's amazing how the, the wisdom that people carry, but they never really explore because they're busy giving their power away to other people, particularly politicians and priests. And I call the priests and politicians the unholy mafia of the mind. They're the ones who've kept this stranglehold on consciousness. And, uh, and so, like... It's about unplugging from that. And it's not a violent act. It's not an angry act. It's not an external revolutionary act. It's just a ex unplugging from the external authority and reconnecting to within. And the way we do that most uh, efficiently and beautifully and with the most amount of love and joy is to come together in circle, is to come together in community. And not just a community that hangs out and supports each other on physical levels, as communities have done in the past, but who support each other on all kinds of other frequencies as well, and particularly on the levels of emotional, spiritual, emotion, spiritual levels. It's because most of the community came together for, you know, physical uh, convenience, supporting each other, helping each other, ward off the lions, ward off the enemy or whatever. But I'm talking about coming together out of love, out of a place of the heart. We're entering into, the, into a, a new ray, and this ray is the ray of the heart, and the heart is the place of non-dual awareness. And the heart can embrace all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. It can embrace it all. And it doesn't feel the need to fix or change anything. It can just sit there with love and simply be with whatever it is that is happening. And that is the birth of compassion. So you're not trying to judge if something is good or bad. You simply accept and you validate and you embrace what is and when somebody in a circle, when people in a circle truly feel that uh, spirit present, it's incredible the magic that happens, as I'm sure you've discovered in your own experiences. It's amazing that, that, that the transformations that can occur in that kind of a, a you know a psychic environment. It's amazing what can unfold and what people are capable of and what they can uncover within themselves. It's incredible to watch people open up in that way. It's just a joy. And, you know, I'm very grateful that I am, uh, you know, uh, financially rewarded for what I do around the planet and that it greases the wheels of my existence. 
but by far and beyond the greatest joy is watching the flowers bloom. It's really watching when somebody really gets that and gives themselves permission to open and gives themselves permission to love and to go beyond fear and to go beyond uh, you know, the, the, the kind of uh, considerations that keep us in a narrow state of consciousness. So um, this is how it's done, and I call that conscious community. Coming together in conscious community where we absolutely embrace and fully, uh, uh, fully embody th- those principles with each other. And again, that's where we give each other strength, as I said earlier. It's not a person, although the revolution is inside, inside, it is shared immediately through the heart with all like-minded beings, with all people on the same frequency. You immediately end, enter into the same uh, pool of consciousness. And that is just so healing in itself to belong, to finally find your place, to finally feel where you're validated and there is and you have a purpose and you and your worth is 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 fully accepted. This is this is the healing that the hu- human consciousness is, is crying out for because we've been stulted we've been distorted and compressed into uh, shapes that we are not natural to us. And we've been limited to only certain frequencies and certain states of consciousness, which were necessary for survival, but not much else. And so we're growing beyond that. We're growing up. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a good thing to celebrate and a good thing to come together. And, to, and the more we speak about it, as we do now, uh, the more we bring that in. Right now, this is an invocation for that energy to want to take place. Right now. There is no time. It's now. Now is the time. And so uh, in doing so, creating conscious community is like so powerful. What you just said there, this conscious community, I think it goes, takes us back just in summary to the very beginning when we spoke about some of the, you know, the, the powers that be, let's call it, and the people that are making decisions based on what they think the collective needs. But it doesn't feel that they're making the decisions based on from the space that we're talking about today, from that loving, inclusive space. Because Mm. if they were, the communication and the way that it would be conducting would show up very differently. So what I'm loving is it's neither right nor wrong, good or bad. What I'm seeing again in the self-empowerment is that conscious community is actually the response, the taking the responsibility of saying, no, actually, this is how love lives this is how we co-inhabit. This is how we co-create. This is how we coexist. It doesn't need all these other, uh, uh, you know, uh, controlling, dominating ways. We we no longer need them. And, and you, we've said it all today, but it just felt like we went full circle from how we started to actually these are the solutions. And that's really what I want to bring to people mm. listening on these conversations, Darpan, is that, well, you know, I, I say at the beginning, you know, awakening the heart of humanity. And I think today through this little dance that you and I have been on, this play, as we like to call it, we've given some, you know, broader perspectives. We've looked at the the bigger perspective from many different uh, viewpoints, standpoints, and and we've brought it down into how we can take the responsibility and the power for each of the individuals. This is, this is the solutions. So if you want solutions, Mm. the solution is to go within. And that feels really pertinent. I don't know if there's anything you want to just, you know, encapsulate on the last just to that piece of of anybody listening. But I know we've uh, we've done some definite. Yeah, uh, thank you so today. much, Simon. Gorgeous. <laughs> you pretty much summed it all up there. But yeah, I, I just want to reiterate that again. It's not. It's it's about unplugging from the outside and 
and connecting within. And then from that place within to reconnect on the outside through the heart with others. So it's about unplugging from that which is no longer serving and that which is past its use-by date and uh, then having that internal, taking that responsibility, taking full responsibility and bringing that place of innocence, in other words, dropping all knowledge, what you thought you knew and what was real and what was not real and just reconnecting to that source of fifth dimensional energy, which is pure love, which is love and non-dual awareness. And that doesn't mean you can't feel bad within that. It means love is, is the frequency that you're experiencing everything within. And even if you're going through a hard time from that place, it's called compassion. You don't try and change it. You experience it mm. as, as you say, a yes. reflection of whatever is within. And then to share that. That's the really important part, to share, 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 and to connect with others and to validate each other and to and to uh, re-establish a new frequency of, of uh, a more, as you said, a morphogenetic field, a Buddha field, if you like, of energy. And this is the healing. This is the healing. You don't need to do lots of therapy and go and do primal screaming and make up with your mom or your dad. Once you have that transcendent experience and you are, and you are connected with the one and all, with the, you know, and you do experience... Uh, and other people as an extension of yourself or as, as being inspired or, or, or um, you know, animated by the same source, then that will is healing in itself. That experience is so ultimately healing and will, it, by its own insight and perception, iron out any little remaining dysfunctional aspects that might still be there that might you might be carrying it just but what that one experience of being connected is the healing experience mm, beautiful. yeah beautiful. so anyway thank Deep you breath. simon for, for again inviting me onto your show and to yeah <laughs> yo well god like and, you, know, you know it's always like, a we, joy to be with you and yes go on go on carry on yeah no, no, no. That, that was it. I just wanted to say that. That yeah. No, thank you. Uh, because uh, I know you're wanting to wrap it up now. We could go on forever because there's so many other aspects you can go into more detail. But thank you because I feel like since our last connection, we went deeper into it this time, and it was more to do with solutions, practical things we can do, attitudes we can embody, and to just bring them into a really into a daily practice. You know, like something that can be relevant to each and every individual, not just as a generalization for humanity at large, because we all do need to come to that point. As I said, choosing that that choice whether yes. we choose to stay with the old way that we were and therefore go through all of the drama that that will ensue or whether we open up to something that is completely unknown and that is wanting to be birthed within us and that we need to surrender to and we need to be very innocent with and when i say innocent not bring too much of the mind stuff just bring the inner wisdom which knows, which always knows. And we, and if you trust that intuition, you will always be led in the right way. And if you can let go enough, you will just enter into the flow of synchronicity where the right thing will happen at the right time. But let's keep that for another transmission because there's a whole wealth of, uh, you know, uh, stuff just within that, the flow of synchronicity and how to dance with this, not just embody and birth it in us, but how to dance with it. How to have fun with it? How to be, how to become a multi-dimensional creator? You know, create a being, create a spirit. Yeah, yeah. I, lo I really love that you just this brought is this what, up. This is what awaits us in this, yeah, in this yeah. new paradigm. You know, 
Yeah, but let's let's actually I will remember this because we've recorded it, of course. But let's keep that as a uh, as a topic to kick off with on the next call because for everybody Beautiful. listening, I'm yeah. for, for everybody listening, I've I've said to Darpan that I'd like to keep this thread of conversations going as we navigate because let's be real, this is not just about oh next week everything's going to be uh, so called resolved. This is about how we continue to transition through this beautiful time that we are alive. So I'm going to keep these conversations going. And Darpa, I have one Mm -hmm. question. I think I'd love to put this out to some of the community. I'm going to ask them if they have any specific questions for you next time. And what we can do is we can do a little um, uh, Q&A vibe and we can drop in with that. And what I would also love to do... I would love that. yeah, Yeah, what I would also love to do is... Um, maybe we even do a little uh, live drop in with the new community that we've launched online called the Bee Love Tribe. The Bee Love Tribe, and it'd be lovely. Love it. <laughs> if, yeah, it'd be lovely actually to do something. I'm just this is coming through now, and I want I want everybody to listen so that they can maybe tell me if they want to join. Is we can even play your transmission, one of your transmissions, even some of your music, and then we have you there as well live. And we can have some Q&A and interaction with you from the people in the community that might want to uh, to ask you some questions. That could be really juicy. That would be brilliant. Pretty, yeah. I love that kind of format. Yeah, very juicy. Yeah, okay. great. And way great to connect with our, you know, the people who are part of this. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right. Thanks, brother. Thank you yeah. so much. Okay, so right. I will wrap, I'm going to wrap this one up for everybody listening and just love to say that if you've been loving these transmissions of this new podcast, Simon Transparently, then do please consider uh, becoming a patron of this beautiful offering. Yeah, and that's, the links are below all of the podcasts. Check them out. And also, as I already just mentioned, we've launched a beautiful I like to call it an online conscious community, an online retreat space where we're sharing our events, we're sharing beautiful beings like Darpan and others, we're doing watch parties and we're hanging out in community online. And so if you want to be part of that, head over to thebelovetribe.com. Thank you everybody for tuning in. It's been an epic journey again with Darpan. I could sit and listen to him all day. And as you can see, we've just covered so much. So please, if you've joined us this far, thank you for being with us. Have a magnificent day. And please take the, take the medicine in whichever way it see, feels for you. Go and sit in silence. Go and walk in nature. Go and take a hot bath. Whatever feels the way of integrating what we've shared today, let it sink and it will permeate in your being for the days to come. So just allow it to to be in your present awareness. Take care. Many blessings. Lots of love. Ciao. Thank you, brother. This is our time to rise.